A popular outcast production. Welcome to episode 10 of Portable Power. I'm Kevin Seibert, and with me is... Mark Matters. And Emmer Smith. So yeah, today's date is uh, Wednesday, October 23rd of 2013, uh, and this is our special all-Pokemon episode. So uh, let's get things started off. Um, Mark, how are you doing? Uh, really well, thank you. Cool, cool. And uh, what are you, what are you uh, drinking tonight? Well, two episodes sober. Now here I am with uh, my first beer in a few months. This is Accumulation by New Belgium. It is a winter seasonal white India pale ale. The label tells me that it's inspired by the white beauty that falls each winter from our Colorado skies. So anyway, 6.2% alcohol and hoppier than a jackrabbit. Not too shabby. (laughs) And uh, what are you playing that's not portable? Um... Well, spoiler alert, the only thing I've been playing for the past two weeks is Pokemon X. So, there there goes the suspense of, is Mark, if a first-time Pokemon virgin, going to enjoy this game? So, the answer is yes, you enjoyed it? I, or you were just gritting your teeth the whole time? When I think to myself, boy, I have to pee. I'm going to sit down to pee and take my 3DS with me. Um, <laughs> just so I can spend two minutes playing the game and maybe getting one more Pokemon. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in deep. Well, that, that's great. And, uh, Emrys, how are you doing? I am doing well. I, uh, I hear that you're actually in Pennsylvania right now. That's true. That's true. I, um, I'm here for a couple weeks. Excellent. And, uh, are you drinking anything tonight? Uh, earlier today at the, um, the Riverhouse Brewery, I had a, uh, peach home brew that they had. It was it was delicious, um, not overpoweringly peachy like you sometimes get with the fruit flavored mm-hmm. beers, um, but it's good. Cool, cool. So, um, wait, is that the one that's on the other side of the Lewisburg Bridge in Milton? Yeah. Yep. Okay, it used to be the Italian Terrace. Yeah. Um, I haven't exactly. been to that one yet. It's pretty nice. They have good um, antipasto. Well, they won't Great. be there for long because they're going to get flooded out, get the insurance money, rebuild get flooded out and then say to hell with it and get out of there permanently like every other business that's been there since I was one. I don't know, man. They've been there a couple years now. Oh, really? Yeah, I just haven't made it down there yet. And uh, so, Emerson, are you playing anything that isn't uh, portable or Pokemanian in nature? (laughs) Well, uh, since I've been on vacation for a few days now, I brought my laptop, so no, I haven't really been playing anything. Uh, I do have a Pokemanian related podcast announcement, which is that I'm currently doing Wonder Trades. I'm breeding Pichus that have the Voltackle ability, 
and I'm going to be sending them out by Wonder Trade throughout the entire podcast, and I'll keep you guys posted on if we get anything good. So you got Pichus in one hand and penis in the other? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> when, when did anybody ever say he had penis in his hand? I, Listen, I don't, I'm just, I'm insinuating. I just want to know how you knew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, so I've been trying to get a lonely type, lonely natured Pichu this whole time, and uh, the very first one that I sent out, that I nicknamed on behalf of the Portable Power podcast is Lonely Nature, so mm. you guys are good luck. Awesome. All right. Good and deal. Uh, I'll keep you posted if we get anything good. Cool. Sounds great. Well, Kevin, what do you have to drink today? Um, Nothing super exciting. Okay. I have a Yingling Lager. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's acceptable. They're strong flavored. I was surprised. I found one in my fridge, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, hey, I should let people know that I drink things that aren't scotch. Yeah. Yeah. Rummy. <laughs> yeah, I had yingling for the first time in my life two months ago when I was home uh, in Pennsylvania, and it was drinkable. That's about it. I had to power through yeah. it, but it was drinkable. I, 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 did, I don't understand how people out of state go, like, crazy for it. Mm, that's Yeah, that's weird mm. to me. Yeah, I, I mean, it's fine. Like, it doesn't cause me pain. Which is actually probably the best reason to drink is that like I, it's it's never <laughs> given me a hangover and like I'm not saying oh. like hangover in the sense of like getting drunk hangover I mean like if I have like one beer I'll usually have a hangover the next day. That's abnormal. You should drink more water. I you know I do and it doesn't seem to help. Well, are you are you playing any games outside of Pokemon? I am. Tell me about them. It's this little game I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called uh, Super Mario Brothers U. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I picked that up and uh, played Worlds 1 through 7 in one night. How many hours is that? <laughs> uh, for me, it was like four hours, I think. Five hours, maybe. Okay, that's respectable, because I, I think I have 12 hours logged in the game, but I have two save files, one that I play by myself and one that I play with other people, and yeah. that seems about right then. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it's pretty cool. It's, like, out of the, like, the new Super Mario series has not been, has not aspired to any levels of greatness that the old games have for me. Yeah. But this is easily the best of the new series. I agree with that, 100%. Have you got to the Van Gogh-inspired level? No, not yet. Alright, that one's really cool. There's a lot of cool graphical things, a lot of little stuff they do. They always just, like, slightly tweak the Mario games to make them feel Mm -hmm. a little fresh. Um, It's a lot of stuff that... Mm -hmm your average consumer maybe doesn't notice, and that's why people think it's sort of oversaturated. But I don't know. I really enjoyed Mario U and, and Super Luigi U. I thought that was really good, too. Yeah, I don't know that I need to necessarily spend, like, $30 on Super Luigi U or whatever it costs. The download is 20 The retail's 35 I think. Yeah, I just... I, I, I mean, I'm enjoying it, but I think when I finish it, I'm probably going to be done with it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. We actually got our first email from a listener, and I'd love to answer his or her questions. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited about that. All right. Well, let's let's get the mailbag open, shall we? We're calling um, this segment the mail bag mailbag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we're mature. <laughs> All right. So here is the the email from listener Daniel. Dear PPP Cast, could you answer a few questions on the show for me? 
I'm 14, and my father thinks video games are pointless, and thinks it's stupid for me to spend my hard-earned money on crap like the Mega Man Zero Collection and Mega Man X on the App Store. Could you give me your opinion on the matter? And discuss. Um, this is a great episode to discuss this, because I'm a 33-year-old man that's put 45 hours into Pokemon in just under two weeks. Right. So, <laughs> that being said, I'm also a 33-year-old man with a lovely wife, an amazing son, uh, a mortgage that I, a home that I paid for myself, and a full-time job that I love, and... Your dad can go to hell because you can do whatever you want to with your spare time <laughs> as long as you're taking care of the important things. I think there's a I think there's a difference between let's say not being mature and not being responsible. Like I don't think I'm ever going to be mature until the day I die and I don't care. But I'm always going to be responsible. I'm always going to take care of the things I need to take care of first and whatever I want to do with that extra time that I have left over, that's up to me to decide. I'm I'm kind of on the same page there. A couple differences. Um Simply because, you know, you are 14, uh, and I'm assuming still living under your dad's roof, it's it's a question of whether he's saying that he thinks it's stupid for you to spend money on video games, or you aren't allowed to spend money on video games. Yeah. Like, if he's saying you're not allowed to do it, that's, I mean, that's kind of hard to hide. Like, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna figure it out eventually. But if it's just that he doesn't understand your desire to play video games, well, my dad doesn't understand any of my hobbies either, but, you know, that doesn't... It doesn't matter as long as you know he's not actively telling you that you are forbidden from spending money on video games. Like I don't know. I mean, this is your hobby. This is what you love to do. Go for it. Yeah. Emerson, you want to weigh in at all? Oh yeah. Um, I just uh, I just wonder traded a P2 for a Fletchling with no nickname, and I'm going to release it because that person's a jerk. <laughs> all right. So first of all, 14 year olds should not be taking advice from the likes of us. <laughs> I want to say that. Uh, I, at first, I thought um, that this was maybe allowance money, but I see you say that it's your hard-earned money. And as far as I'm concerned, you should spend your hard-earned your hard-earned money on whatever you want because it's yours. And the important thing, like Mark said, is to make sure that you prioritize and that you're spending your money and your time, you know, on growing your personal life and growing as a person. And I've personally learn some valuable life lessons from playing video games. I have learned, I have increased my, my vocabulary, I have learned history, um, all kinds of stuff from mm -hmm. video games. One of the first games I played was uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, which taught me an infinite amount about geography. Couldn't tell you how much it told, told me about geography. More recently though, from like Playing StarCraft II and League of Legends, I've learned about teamwork and learning from your mistakes and being a team player, and it's changed my life, literally, from playing these games. So if you're growing as a person from playing video games, maybe, like, try to articulate that for your dad so that he understands, maybe, what kind of enjoyment that you're getting from it. And also, you know, you're 14, like... If you're getting any kind of benefit from whatever you're doing, that's great. You know, you have your whole life ahead of you. Like, anything good that's going on, just, like, learn to talk about it. Learn to communicate, and that will, you know, that will, like, serve you throughout your life. Also, I'm a little uh, pedantic, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> and if nothing else, know that, you know, your generation has 
portable game systems with backlights so you can always play them under the covers so that nobody can figure out that you're doing this. I envy you. <laughs> I know. We all have the original pea soup screen Game Boy that uh, required, you know, basically lighting coming in from all directions to be able to play it. But yep. you, sir, you have the advantage. The time is now. <laughs> so he had more questions, right? He did, yes. All right. Could you do a Mega Man X slash Zero episode? Yes. Well, not an entire episode. No, not an entire episode, but, like, we can talk about it. We can do some games, I guess, specifically for our portable past. Although, Kevin, you did say there is a uh, Mega Man game recently uh, on the eShop or something? On the App Store for okay. iOS. I'll, I'll, I'll check that out and, you know, talk about it for a little bit in, in an upcoming episode. Yeah, sometime before the end of the year we'll, we'll be able to cover that in an episode. Next question. Do you think Nintendo should put games on iOS? Hell no. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. I I like Nintendo putting games on their own devices because their devices are innovative and it allows Nintendo to make innovative games that I enjoy playing and I hate playing games on my iPhone. Yeah, the 3DS and like a Game Boy is just a much better device for playing video games. The games are better and the experience is better. Yeah, uh, Christopher Arnold talked about it in our last episode a lot, and I, I agree with him 100%. You just can't replicate those experiences, and when you try to, the interface isn't there, and it's just a miserable experience as far as I'm concerned. Alright, and the final question. I'm looking for a Mega Man Zero action figure. Where would you recommend I get one of those? Uh... <laughs> The internet, but yeah. I mean, I I looked and I didn't see any for less than eighty bucks. So yeah. I guess it's all a matter of like how much you want them. Save your uh, iOS money, your app money, and save your video game money and buy a 3D action figure. I'm sure your dad will think that's better than uh, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> video games. Ask him what kind of toys he had. If he had any action figures. All right. Well, that concludes our first mailbag segment. Yeah, thanks for writing in. Yeah, thank you. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Pretty much the best thing that's ever happened to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if, if anyone else wants to send us emails as well, our email address is portablepowerpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll uh, you know answer your questions on the show. So we ready to get started on Pokemon? Yeah, so first yeah. off, Emrys, we have your review of Pokemon Y. Yes, Pokemon Y. Uh, I'm about to do a wonder trade. Alright, we've got Me Want Genesect from Victor in Wisconsin, United States. See what he's giving me. Probably not a Genesect. That would be my guess. He's getting a P2 with Voltackle named PPP. I'm getting... This is the one I wanted to give a really racist nickname to. Chingling. <laughs> oh, oh dear. <laughs> I'm sure you can guess. I'm sure you can guess. Yeah. Alright, so, reviewing Pokemon Y, what can I say except that I love it? It's beautiful to look at. The The only review I can give it is to talk about why I love Pokemon so much, which is just because it's a game that is, it has qualities that appeal to every kind of person. And uh, in previous Pokemon games, they would start you off with a rival. 
It would be your neighbor, who would be an enemy that you would fight throughout the game, and he would have he would have the opposing element. So of the fire, grass, and water types, if you picked fire, he'd pick water. If you pick water, he'd pick grass. And he would be your enemy throughout the game. And I'll talk about this a little more when I we do our portable pass later on. But the the, the thing is that Pokemon Y does is it starts you out with four friends. And the friends each have their own dream for Pokemon. So Professor Sycamore gives everybody a Pokemon at the beginning, and one person's like, I want to battle. I want to fight, and I want to be the best battler that there is. And another friend says, um, I just want to collect all the Pokemon. I want to collect them all and have the full Pokedex. And another person is like, I want to dance. <laughs> I want to have all the Pokemon that dance. I love him. He's like a, a big funny fat guy. Yeah. And when I was at first, I was like, this is silly that I, silly that I have friends in Pokemon. That's weird. But as the game went on and they kept coming back and they would all meet up and they'd be like, Hey, how have your Pokemon adventures going? And this guy would be like, Ooh, my Pokedex is getting full. I'm at seven. And he's like, you met nine. Oh, you beat me. Yeah. <laughs> I always beat that guy. And I then, guess you could say this is my own sort of Pokemon battle. Right, right, yeah. And then um, the other person would be like, we have to fight, and you would just have a Pokemon fight, and you win because you're the player, and the other person's just an AI. But it's like friendly fighting. Yeah. And then the everyone's like, hey, Tierno, how's your dance party Pokemon coming on? He's like, great, I have all the dance moves. <laughs> and for me, like, I'm not good at battling, and I'm half-hearted about filling the Pokedex. So for me, the dancing guy is, like, the one that I associate with. He's the <laughs> one I empathize with the most. Who just, like, he just loves Pokemon, and he likes to play it on his own terms. Right. And so I like exploring the moves, and I like finding Pokemon that I like, and so I, like, get a Lapras. In, in Pokemon White 2, I just spend a lot of time breeding a sassy Lapras. <laughs> <laughs> Because it had, you know, plus special defense and minus defense, or something like that. Minus speed. It's sassy. <laughs> and so, I... It took me forever to get this sassy Lapras. I adore her. Yeah. It. Yeah. They're funny. And so it's... I've been I've been spending a lot of time in Y today playing um, Wonder Trade Wednesday, which Bulbapedia, Bulba Garden started. This isn't even a review. I'm just babbling about Pokemon and how much I love it. It's a good review. <laughs> so the main thing to me is the experience of being able to play and just jump in from one thing to another. Like if you want to breed berries, there's a whole like berry thing you can do. Oh man, I am you can... deep into berries. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> you can um, change all of the clothes on your character, which I love. I've dressed up all in green and olive. I think I look great. <laughs> and that's new. That's new to Pokemon Y, and it's amazing. Yeah. And I feel like they've they've taken all of these, like, fun systems from the previous Pokemon games and put them in here with none of the, like, none of the stupid stuff that they used to do. Like, in old Pokemon, you'd have movie things and, like, dance parties, and you could, like, mix berries together and make fruitcakes and stuff That's in to here. do glamour. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But, like, it's not... There's so much. There's so much good, well-designed, like, stuff in Pokemon X and Y that if you if you let it touch your heart, you just get lost in it. And you can do... You can. I've spent 50 hours 
let me I can just check that right now because the interface is so well designed that you can just uh, check how many hours you have and it is real de well designed the um, 50 six, 51 hours now oh wow I put 200 hours into Pokemon white 2 and the, the the interface like I was saying it's much better because they have like they really incorporate the the pointer into it the stylus so there's a lot of stylus points yeah. and little things like like you can go to your pokemon screen and look at the status and you can choose an item from the status menu now that's never been there before oh yeah and the like the network stuff is always on so you just connect to the internet and you're like immediately connected to your friends list and you can do all kinds of interactive stuff which i'm gonna let one of you two talk about because okay. you do all that more than i do probably yeah, I can I can talk about that a little bit. You know what? Why don't you start your review, Kevin? Because uh, I've just I've just gushed about this game. Well, you didn't you didn't tell us what your party was. Oh yeah. So uh, I have basically the same party that I started with. I captured like the first six Pokemon that I found. So let me let me log on to my PC and that'll refresh my memory. One thing that still annoys me is that you have to choose man and organize boxes. It's not just like the default. What annoys me about this game is the withdraw and deposit are separate categories. Right. It's so annoying. Just go to organize boxes and it lets you do everything all at once. Like, that should be the only option. But here, alright, here's who I have. I have Vivillian, who I grew from just a little worm. Mm -hmm. I was really disgusted by her pupa stage. I thought it was just the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. <laughs> is that one Spupa? Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, getting a text gross. from you about that, about how disgusting you thought <laughs> yeah. it was. It's like it looks like he's wearing a white turtleneck with awkward designs on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really disgusting. I uh I have a Blastoise who I took from Squirtle because I don't know. Just, I, I had a grass and I had a Blaziken, so I knew I would just want to water one, so I have grass, fire and water starters. So I have Blastoise. And I I have Chestnut, who I named Furball. My Blastoise is named Squeedle, because Squee. My Vivillian is named Sleepy. I have a, a Pikachu, who's the uh, the Beast, <laughs> named the Beast. And uh, I started out with a Litleo named Coward, who never evolved. And I was furious with it with Litleo, huh. who never evolved and got really worthless. I'm sure there's a way to evolve Evolver, but I never figured it out. Until I got the Fly HM, and so I needed to put Fly on one of my guys, and Pavilion, despite being flying, couldn't learn it. I did this, yeah. <laughs> so I had to switch my Lit Leo for a, uh, f uh, a Fletchling, who I thought was really lame, but evolved into a Talonflame, and is badass now. Oh. So Tweety now is one, of my, is one of my favorites, actually, in my group. So that's my, that's my group. Nice. All right. Well, um, my group is a Lucario that I I wanted to name it Jean Lucario Picard, but there aren't enough spaces. Yeah, the character limit. Yeah. So it's just named Jean Lucario. I have a Greninja that was my starter. It started out as Froakie. I named him Clark. A Charizard because I'm a Charmander fanboy that I named Atticus after Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. Because why not? Yeah. Exactly. I have a... He's now a Raichu, 
but I caught him as a Pikachu, and I named him Pikachu. <laughs> um, I have a Sigilyph that I never named at all. I hate that thing. They're weird looking. When Kevin and I battle, that thing just destroys every single one of my guys. I have, like, the wrong team yeah. to fight against that thing. Psychic is really frustrating. Flying and Psychic is a pretty good combination. Yeah. Uh, it also, like, I think I added that to my team just to counter you, your Mega Lucario. Mm. Um, because that's, you know, that's flying and Psychic, or, like, basically make all of his mm -hmm. fighting moves one quarter effective. Ugh. Yeah, that's gross. And I have a rotating sixth slot that I, I haven't really finalized yet. It's currently a Gumi that evolved into a Sligu mm. that I named Jerk. <laughs> because uh, I paralyzed him and left him with, like, two hit points in the swamp, and he still broke, like, <laughs> ten Ultra Balls when I was trying to catch him. Ugh. I was so <laughs> angry. I also uh, switch it out with, I forget what whatever Fletchling's evolution is called, but I nicknamed him Bird in Hand. Um, <laughs> so, I guess, for me, Pokemon is mainly about battling. Like, that's what I enjoy doing, the strategy and figuring out type combinations and move combinations. And so when, when I started out the game, I knew I was going to be getting a Charmander when I, when I had the option to get one of the Generation 1 starters. So I chose Froki as my, as my starter because I just, you know, I thought he was the coolest that wasn't fire. And I just, I don't know, I really liked how it looked like he was wearing spectacles. Yeah, I had the exact same <laughs> thing. I knew I wanted Charmander, so I didn't want to choose Fennekin. Right. But were I to do it again, I would have chose Fennekin and then Squirtle. Uh, I digress. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> right away, you know, I, like Emerson, I was also taken aback by having a group of four friends as opposed to a rival. That's pretty uncommon with the Pokemon formula. I mean, that one chick's still kind of a rival, but she's not super evil or threatening or anything. Yeah. No, she's not. She's a friend who likes to battle, just like Kevin is. And she gets really sad when you beat her. She does. Yeah. She does. I think she's going to cut herself next time I, I beat her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the initial conversation that I had with them, they were discussing, you know, what they what they wanted to nickname me, and they were like, how about we call you Lil K? And I was like, no, <laughs> you call me Master. <laughs> so now that's what everyone calls me when they, when they see me, like, hey, Master! And now that, like, I'm looking at it, like, you know, these are a bunch of tweens that I'm making them call Master, and, like, I, I just, I don't know, like, I don't know how I feel about that anymore, because yeah. my attitude about Pokemon has become less snarky as I play this game, because when I, when I bought Pokemon X, I was not that excited. I was, you know, this is, I've played every generation of Pokemon since the beginning, and when I played Black 2, I got about 15 hours into it, and I was done. And I never wanted to play another game in the series because it was just it just wasn't very imaginative. It wasn't very unique. But as I, you know, because I'm doing a portable games podcast, I was like, well, I should probably play the biggest portable game of the year. Of this generation, I think. Yeah, quite possibly. It's already sold like four million copies in This I, game is huge, yeah. First week or something. And just as soon as I like as soon as I actually got into beyond maybe the first hour or two of the game, I just started really to feel that initial sense that I felt when I picked up Pokemon Red on the original Game Boy. Like yeah. I just you know, the sense of love of the monsters and the mechanics of the game and the the graphical overhaul just can't be overstated how much of a difference it makes. This game is so much more cinematic than any previous game in the series. And I mean, I, you know, I played Colosseum for the GameCube, which was basically just about battling, 
but it avoids right. one of the pitfalls that game had, where the attack animations aren't drawn out and too long or, you know, overdone. It, but all the, all the Pokemon have their own personalities and animations, and it's just, it's beautiful to look at, yeah. and the sound design is incredible, and I just, I've been having a blast with it. Although, the, the one thing that did take a step back for me was, what I liked about Black and White was... I can't remember their name anymore, but whatever the whatever the evil team was that you were fighting, like their their whole thing of you know they were almost like a Pokemon version of Peta. Team Plasma. Team Plasma, yeah, like where they were fighting for Pokemon rights, and you know they they were like, well, you know, Pokemon shouldn't be enslaved to people, and it it, it was more of an interesting standpoint for them to be doing the things they were doing than the evil team in this game, which is Team Flare, who exists solely for the purpose of just being evil, as far as I can tell. Like, they just, they want to dress up in their snazzy suits, and they're like, the guy in the $4,000 suit's gonna save the world for the guy who doesn't make that in three months! Come on! <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that seems to be their, their whole thing, and I, I just, I don't know, I, I find it to be a bit of a step back in terms of a story standpoint. Yeah, I haven't finished the game. I don't really know their full intentions. I do get some sort of connection. They're all dressed in red. There's this ominous Ganondorf-looking bad guy that has red hair. I think they're going to be in cahoots. I don't really know, but... <laughs> I, I wrapped the plot thread last night. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't beat the last gym yet, but I, I just... I had the, show, the final showdown with that team. Oh... And, yeah, I'm in the middle of that. Yeah, and I, I mean, they revealed a little bit more of the the motivations, but it didn't really quite pan out to me. It was just uh, like, oh well, you know, I got I, I saw people get bullied when I was a kid, so now all every, all people have to die who aren't in Team <laughs> Flair. Wow. Yeah, they were kind of more about style than substance. Yeah, w- which I mean. It's it's not a game ruiner by any means. It was just it was just something that like they had done it so well in the previous game mm. that when they took a step back, it kind of made me scratch my head a little bit. Like yeah. the characters weren't sympathetic or re- relatable, but everything else, yeah. you know, all the other characters in the game are so fundamentally likable that I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with just punishing evil. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they don't need to have great motivations for me to make this a good game. Because the other thing that's really keeping me in this game is the almost MMO-like multiplayer of it. Right. One of the things that really turned me off to Black 2 was just how clunky the menus for multiplayer were, how you had to go to a Pokemon Center to do any of it, how Mm. just, like, I almost felt like I needed an instruction manual to figure it out. And everything in this game seems so seamless, and you can be out in the field wandering around and decide, you know what, I'd, you know, Mark just came online, I'd really like to fight with him right now. You don't have to do anything, you don't have to heal your guys up, you don't have to do anything like that, you just jump on to the internet, send a battle request, and instantly and seamlessly you're in a fight. With voice chat. Mm -hmm. With voice chat, which I can't overstate, like, how big of a deal that is, because... They didn't have that in Black and White 2, did they, Emrys? No, they didn't. No, because I remember we were, like, texting each other during that. Yeah, it's really fundamental to the battling with Kevin, because you get to hear him curse <laughs> and scream whenever he, like, flinches or, like, 
gets paralyzed. It's really, uh, it's really a treat. Oh, I hate those status effects. They are devastating in these games. Like that is the one thing about the Pokemon series, like of RPGs, is that status effects actually mean something. They're used really heavily. I was surprised by that. Yeah, it's it's oh, actually yeah. one of the things that I'm not a fan of. Is I I like how effective they are because it it means that you can play the game a lot more strategically and win rather than just by using brute force. Uh-huh. But right. it's very archaic that the effects don't disappear after battle. Not totally. I mean, even I mean, poison's pretty common to carry on in any RPG. I guess I just I think I'm just I'm I'm done with that as a mechanic. Like mm. it doesn't affect you outside of battle in Pokemon, so I'm just I'm, I'm ready for it to be over after a battle's done. It's devastating enough during one battle. I don't need to have to run back to a Pokemon Center. Right. Kevin has terrible luck with status effects too. It I will go like three or four times in a row being completely paralyzed and unable to take a turn. It sends me into a rage. <laughs> but. That was basically all the things I wanted to talk about. So I'm actually, as a Pokemon virgin, I'm very interested to hear what what you have to say about this series. First, we have a Wonder Trade update. Oh, we received a uh, a ducklet named Rubber Ducky. Okay. And uh, just now, I got a Guybull with no nickname, which is pretty cool. He's a Dragon Ground type. Yeah. He looks cranky. I like him. Nice. So yeah, we got a couple good ones. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. Well, I mean. Gosh, I played Pokemon Red and Blue on my sister's Game Boy back in 1998, and I got a little bit into it, but it just couldn't hold me, and so, you know, ever since then, I'm like, ah, these games aren't very good, they're more for kids, and then all of a sudden, like, I blame this podcast, and and so does my wife, by the way. Yeah, she she sent me a photograph of you wearing a Froakie hat, Yeah, telling telling me <laughs> that she blames me. For what well, the exact message was, I didn't marry this, and I blame you one hundred percent. As well, she should. That's the Froki hat that they gave out uh, with pre-orders, along with the um, the map of the region. Nobody wore them at the midnight launch. <laughs> I went to the midnight launch for Pokemon, and it was actually pretty fun. Um, some of the nerdiest people I've ever met in my life, and I I, I hate to get down on people because these are. <laughs> these are us you know to varying degrees but um yeah actually did a recording of the midnight launch and i'm trying to edit it right now to see if it's at all salvageable for us to listen to is either part of this episode or supplemental material it's just me kind of narrating what went on at the midnight launch and then a little bit of like interesting things that the people around me were saying and we'll see how it turns out in the end it might not make it into the podcast but yeah i um I bought the game, and within, like, a day, I was just hooked. And I think what really helps is the presentation. Visually, like, the battles are pretty, you know? The character models, and Kevin already talked about this, but the character models are very well done. They animated 700 characters that have never been animated before. A lot of TLC went into creating these models. What was the first thing that hooked you? Because you say you were hooked, and I'm, I'm curious what it was that... We just got a, a Sun Sun. It's a little seed. Oh. has cute eyes. It's nicknamed Sun Sun. What hooked me was probably <laughs> the addictive nature, I suppose, of the game. Once I, once I got, like, a Pikachu in the first hour, I think that's probably yeah. what did me in. 
I'm like, ooh, I have Pikachu. I know, I know him. And then <laughs> yeah. from then on, I'm just like, I want to see. I don't need to catch all of them. I, I only catch the ones I think will be useful. But I want to see all the Pokemon. You know, I know a right. lot of it's gonna have to wait till trading and and transferring and stuff gets gets really underway. But I think that's 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 the majority of it. Um, the the overworld's okay. It looks decent. You know, each city has its own thing. It has its own look, and that's pretty cool. Um, there's some really nice weather and environmental effects that, that, that shake it up a yeah. little bit. You know, and even they even in battle will carry on to the bottom screen, and you know, rain will be splattering on the on the what looks like a, like a little console where you have your action your battle commands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's nice little touches. Like I said, a lot of TLC went into this game. Yeah. But that being said, like, there is a lot of slowdown during the battles, um, especially if you have 3D on. They they really just should have either eliminated 3D completely or really worked on the frame rate to find some kind of happy medium. Because the constant switching on and off of 3D and then the drop in frame rate if you are using your 3D and... It, it kind of detracts a little bit. I never no- I didn't notice that. I didn't notice it either. The most of the the frame rate drops happen when they do when you go to where you have to select your commands for battle, and it just shows like the versus screen. It'll show both Pokemon on the top screen at the same time, and they're just kind of like you oh, know yeah. they're standing there in their default animation, and it like d- just like is really choppy sometimes. Yeah. Um. And and the bottom screen during that time and. Actually, the bottom screen in, screen in general is pretty ugly. Like, it's easy to use, easy enough to use, I should say, but the the I just found the UI pretty unattractive. Yeah, it's not it's not as beautiful as the top screen. You can customize it to an extent, different backgrounds, but none of them are an optimal option. But like I said, none of this is a deal breaker. I would still, if someone asked me, I would say it's a beautiful game. Like the the battles are stunning. Uh, the music as well. Kevin already talked about this, but there, is, there are quite a few tunes that reminded me of Super Nintendo era RPGs. There's a good reason for that, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, yeah. So there are some really well-composed tunes in this game, except for the battle music. The be- there are like four battle tunes, and I'm, <laughs> I'm done hearing them. Like, I'm over it. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand why they couldn't add more, but... Yeah. If you think that's bad, you should play previous games in the series where there was like <laughs> a wild a wild Pokemon encounter, a gym encounter, a trainer encounter, and a gi- and like the Pokemon League. I feel like that's how it is in this game. I don't know. I, I don't feel like I'm getting tired of the music like I was in the other games. It's a little it's a little better quality, I think. It's got more um more sound to it. Mm-hmm. Also, the controls are in general kind of bad. The movement around the map is a chore. Sometimes I just want to go in a door, and I keep overstepping it. You have to use the the keypad. No, I know I do that. Instead of the, I do that because I mean, if you're using the roller skates or the bike, forget about it. There's no precision there at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fast, but it's not precise. But when you're just walking with the with the D pad, yeah. better. But like, it's I've still had a hard time like just getting in a door. I keep overstepping it. I, I have that problem too. I, the, it's just I, like I in in previous games in the series, I just I never even used the bicycle for that reason. Well, I hear though the controls are much better in this one, which is terrifying to me to go back and tr- even try to play an older game in the series. Oh, don't do it. We just got a really badass looking Pokemon called Skyther. Oh, the 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 bug thing with like the scythes on its hands. Yeah. Yeah, that was a Generation One Pokemon. Yeah, it has Pokerus too. Wow, that's not the. 
contagious. Poker is sadly so. Um, I agree with you guys, this, or at least Kevin anyway. The story is pretty bland and not that interesting. Uh, if if based on story alone, I would not be compelled to continue the game. But there are other factors at hand. You know, Team Flare, they're not super... I don't feel like I need to stop Team Flare. And then the other yeah. genocidal Ganon-looking dude, I don't really know what's going on with him yet. I haven't finished <laughs> the game, so... I'm just kind of like, he's in my peripheral, but I'm not really like, okay, what's going on here? Um, have you guys noticed that the, there is a real-time clock, though? If you play at night, it's night in the game? Yeah. Yeah. It's been like that since um, Silver on the original Game Boy. Well, shucks. I didn't know that. But there are daily events, like you can only catch that one ghost-type Rotom or whatever on Tuesdays. Oh, is that how that works? Because he, he appeared yesterday to me, and like I didn't catch him, and then I couldn't find him again. Yeah, only on Tuesdays in that one location. What type? What? Kevin, you'll have to handle that. I don't know him very well. Rotom? Oh. He is um, a ghost electric type with the Pokemon power of levitate, which means that he's not affected by ground type moves. Yeah. Which basically means he's just really hard to damage. But there are also, like, the stores get new stock on days. Mm-hmm. NPCs will have different items on different days, and even different Pokemon will appear on different days. So they, yeah. Although if you are do start messing with the clock, I hear that there's a 24-hour thing that the game enacts where nothing will change within 24 hours of you changing the clock, even by a minute. So be careful with that. <laughs> but yeah, this game is insanely deep. Um, there's a popular Outcast chat going on right now within the people in the network, and the stuff they're talking yeah. about is insane to me. I have no idea... Like, it's overwhelming. All the natures, different forms, all this stuff, all the different stats. It's just like, it's so much for me right now because I'm only 10 days into it. It's as deep as you want it to be. Yeah. So I almost kind of like your approach better, Emrys. I mean, you, you still get in pretty deep with all that stuff, but yeah, I, I can kind of relate to the way you described your approach to the game. No, I just, I just like to, to do the stuff until I get tired of it. Yeah. And there's so much to do just outside of Pokemon wrangling and battling. You can get a job Mm -hmm. to raise money, buy stuff to customize your character. You can get haircuts. One of your Pokemon, the Furfru, you can give that Pokemon different haircuts. And I think it gets different attributes based on its haircut or something. I might be lying there. I'm not sure, but <laughs> the fur fruit you can give it haircuts. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a shop in the in the big city which is essentially Paris where you can get fur fruit haircuts. Yeah. There's like ten different haircuts. Fur fruit was one of my favorite new ones. <laughs> it's definitely interesting. You can farm berries, like we said, and just recently today I discovered this whole like how to be fashionable thing. Oh, really? Yeah, different actions you take in the city gets you sort of like established as being more fashionable like get your fur fruit haircut get yourself a haircut and a wardrobe change shop in the boutiques eat in the cafes or whatever buy a juice buy a gillette take a ride on a go goat or whatever um, all this stuff accumulates into like this hidden stat and then eventually you can get into the into this shop this boutique and they have like i guess like really desirable things in there like rare items and stuff i'm not oh my gosh yeah um, I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't even know anything about that either. So, I mean, this is just so much crammed into this game. It's so, so addictive. Every little thing you can do, you know, you just, it's it's like the wow factor, like World of Warcraft. Wow. Just like, oh, I'm just going to do this one thing, and then I'm going to, then I'm going to go to bed. And then suddenly it's three o'clock in the morning. One thing I will complain about, though, is it's really easy. 
Like the main quest is really easy. Um, we all, you all, I should say as listeners as well, you got a free Torchic as part of this like right. online promotion. It was a limited time. It's until January, I think. Oh, yeah. Torchic comes with the stone that helps him evolve into his Mega Involution. So once you get to that point in the game, you just use a fully evolved Torchic, which is Blaziken, um, do his Mega right. Evolution, and then you just Blaze Kick your way through the entire game, and <laughs> yeah. suddenly you're 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 killing gym leaders in one shot and all this stuff before you even hit level fifty, and. Yeah, it's pretty easy. A lot of people on forums that I've been reading have been saying that, you know what, I'm, I've am i already done all that is to do in this game. It's, it was too easy. I'm going back to black and white, too. Which I don't know if you guys would relate to that at all. But Well, the, the thing is, if you are experienced with one of the previous games, like, you should just burn your way through this and then start playing other people. Yeah. Is really what they're going for. They want you to to fight other players for difficulty. Yeah. And import import all of your old Pokemon with the Pokebank. I, I feel kind of the same way about it. Like, I, Although I've never... I mean, aside from maybe the first game in the series, I've never found any of the games to be particularly challenging. I don't know that this one is any different in terms of difficulty. The only thing that I can really think of that makes it easier is the experience share, which yeah. allows you... I mean, it's, it's, you know, an option of whether or not you use it, but, like, it basically distributes experience points at a rate of, what is it, like, 50% experience to all the Pokemon in your party? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that takes out some of the, uh... Really, all that does to me, like, I don't know... I mean, it makes it does make it easier, but for me, it makes it just less bullshit. <laughs> Like, I agree. A, a, there's just so much less grinding. Because well, I'll, I'll get into some of the things that you know we're grinding when Emerson talks about red and blue. But oh for me, the, the experience share makes the game playable. They've really streamlined a lot, as far as I understand. So much. Like the the, the simple fact that they give you two starter po because starter Pokemon are some of the stronger ones in the games, mm -hmm. and the fact that they give two of them to you. They just hand them to you early game, not not even including the free Torchic. Yeah. Like, the the simple fact that you get that is a huge step, because in, in earlier games in the series you'd always get your starter Pokemon, and then you'd be like, oh, and now I have a bunch of stupid bugs and a Bidoof. There's a few, like, new features in X and Y. I don't know if you wanted to talk about the Pokemon and me, the super training. You know, Super Training and, like, the Pokemon and me yeah. feature, I haven't touched at all. Here's what you need to know, then. I, I'll be quick about this. As far as Super Training, yeah, there are many games that they feel like soccer that meets Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but <laughs> every time you complete one, you get a stat boost for that Pokemon. It's almost like a mini leveling up. Stat boosts for Pokemon are full of hidden depths. Even for X and Y, which is the most revealing thing in the game, there are hidden hidden depths. Okay, well, after you complete super training, you get secret super training, and then oh my gosh. you get rare items for doing these mini-games. So you get wings, or you get stones. Oh, wow. They're an easy way to, to get those items. You just have to do a little like iOS-type soccer game. Now, Pokemon Ami... Yeah, it's like a stripped-down Nintendogs, but with better pets. 
and and <laughs> and the, all the mini games that you play with your Pokemon are sort of like you know throwaway iOS poop. But you spend enough time doing these mini games and interacting with your Pokemon, and it will increase the rate of their criticals and evasions, um, as well as the ability to self heal status effects and give you boosts to your experience. So it's pretty good idea to play these, even though they're kind of torture, if you're serious about battling, I guess. It does feel like some of these um, mini-games that, that, that they make you do are sort of like a lot of the first-generation games from the original DS that were just like a bunch of mini-games when nobody knew what to do with the system. Mm. Right. Like, particularly Feel the Magic XYXX that <laughs> was just one of the worst pieces of crap I've ever owned. <laughs> <laughs> and post-game content, it's it's pretty robust. I mean, there's a friend Safari, which references the Safari Zone of old, but it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty different. Um, each person on your friends list has a specific attribute or zone that's permanently t- assigned to them from the time they start the game. It's not visible to them until someone on their friends list plays Safari Zone and says, oh, hey, by the way, you are steel or fire or ice or whatever. But you go into this and you choose your friend's attribute and you face enemies of that type who are all at level 30 and you have the chance to catch a lot of Pokemon that they're not even native to Kalos in the main game and potentially not even in your version of the game if you have X or Y. So that's a pretty cool thing that they added uh, at the end of the game. I think you have to defeat the Elite Four to unlock that. Yeah. And then, to be brief, there's just a ton of crazy secrets and rumors. Like, they frequently will make a, a, a third version of the game. You know, they did Red, Blue, and then Yellow, and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. There's talk of Pokemon Z, especially because supposedly there's this legendary Z-shaped Pokemon that's new. Wait, isn't isn't Pokemon Z the version where you find out that the main character is actually an alien from space, and that's why he's super strong, and then you go on like a rampage through outer space and become <laughs> like a Super Saiyan or whatever? I wish I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Mega Man, I'm guessing. No? <laughs> um, I don't know. But there's a lot of like weird <laughs> conversations you have in the game that go nowhere, and you're like, is this referencing hidden content, DLC... Is this referencing another version of the game? Like, I don't know. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff people don't know yet. There's a there's a ghost in, in Lumois City that says all this, like, random stuff, like, you're not the one, and you're like, what is this about? But the game's still new. There's a lot of stuff to figure yeah. out about it, but I think I'll be playing this game well through the holiday season. And that, that's what's kind of interesting about, like, this is a, a first um, global release Pokemon game. Right. So, like... What's right. cool about that is the Japanese haven't figured out all this stuff yet, and it's not on the internet. Like, yeah. everybody's figuring this out at the same time. Right, that's really cool. But uh, before we move on, you, I haven't shared my team that I've chosen at this point. Currently, it's Blaziken, as you, as you heard before, because he's just ridiculously overpowered, as are all of the Mega Evolutions, as far as I'm concerned. Charizard, who I held out for a long time from evolving. I made him hold that certain stone that keeps Pokemon from evolving because I just think Charmander's too adorable to let him become this big dragon. <laughs> but I, I, I finally got past that and let him grow up, and now he is Charizard. Um, my starter was Froakie, who is now Greninja, and I love me some Lapras. 
Uh, Kevin talked me into using Crocodile, who I'm really liking right now, especially when some electric Pokemon come on the scene. Um, yeah, he's pretty hardcore. I evolved one of my EVs into Jolteon, who has some pretty good moves. And then my I rotate all these characters out. Um, I also use Lucario, just because he can Mega Evolve, and he has this Aura Sphere move that just rapes people's faces. So, yeah. A plus, Nintendo. <laughs> this from the guy who spent the majority of the blog that we wrote making fun of Pokemon and saying that he had no interest in it. <laughs> we just got a uh, a Twiggy from Wonder Trading. What's nice. a Twiggy? It's a weird pig-shaped spiral thing, and it bounces on its corkscrew tail. <laughs> oh, that thing. That's pretty cool. So now I suppose we're talking about my portable past. Yeah. So for that segment this week, I went back back in time to Pokemon Red. Now, I just have to confess right off the bat that I only played two and a half hours of Pokemon Red this time, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> but first, I want to tell you that back in the day, and uh, I found it to be true still, Back in the day, Pokemon Red gripped my imagination. I was only like 16 at the time, maybe 17, when we got a hold of it. And I was like, have you guys heard about Pokemon? Because I downloaded it, and it's pretty great. And uh, it is pretty great. So the graphics, of course, are first generation. Yeah. The opening, the title screen is pretty cool, actually, because it has two, it has like a Nidoran and something else, and they go, da-da-dun, da-da-dun, and they fight during the title screen. It's a it's a Gengar, in case you were wondering. Ah, yeah, it's more evocative than some of the more recent one where it's just the legendary and it goes rawr. Yeah. Anyway, so it starts out, and uh, the Pokemon world is extremely dangerous, and they tell you that they are like, "Here's your rival. He's a jerk. He is a real asshole, and he will be an asshole to you the entire game." <laughs> He's like, screw you, jerk, and he runs off, and then you try to go into the bushes, and they're like, no, don't go in there, it's super dangerous, there's Pokemon, you need your own. So you get your Pokemon, and it, it's level 5, I think it has tackle, and you tackle each other a couple times. <laughs> and then you go into the woods, and you realize that it is just a dangerous jungle filled with feral animals that want to eat you. <laughs> so you fight, and your tackle does no damage. And you fight, and it does no damage, and you have to do it, like, five times just to kill one, and you get, like, 20 XP. You level up, maybe, every couple fights, and the whole time you're taking damage. So, like, before you even get to the next town, you have to think, do I want to use a potion, or do I want to go home and sleep? And if you get low, like, if you get down to your last Pokemon, you could be knocked unconscious. Which, in this game, it doesn't seem to cost you any money to get knocked unconscious. I don't think there's a penalty for being knocked out. No, you lose half your money. They might not announce it, because I got knocked out a couple of times by my rival, and I, it didn't tell me I lost any money, so I don't think I did, but maybe later on... I think did. it's later in the game that it does that. Maybe the, that was yeah, a scripted maybe. event, so they didn't penalize you as much. It's possible, because before I even had any Pokeballs, 
You can walk off to the left towards the Pokemon League, which is right next door to your starting town. And your rival pops out and he's like, you're dumb. That you can't get into Pokemon League, you don't even have any badges. And he's like, now we're going to fight. And he has two Pokemon, and you only have one. And his is the... they're higher level than you, because the rival has the easiest time leveling up. <laughs> so you just get punched in the neck until you pass out. And you're like, well, that was that was punishing. And so then they teach you how to use Pokeballs, and you go off into the forest full of poisonous creatures. And I remember back in the old days, I used to get poisoned all the time. But this time... I found that if you just run around everything, you can get out of that. But now, so you start, you fill up your Pokemon roster with, like, level 2 and level 3, like, worms. <laughs> you know, they're just worms that you find in this opening forest. And so, a level 2 worm fighting, like, a level 3 worm, like, it's gonna die. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, really frustrating and time-consuming to get your guys all leveled up. Which you absolutely need to do, unless you pick the right starter Pokemon. The very first gym in Pokemon Red is totally unbalanced. It's completely broken by any standard. <laughs> wow. He's not, he's not lying at all. I'm not exaggerating. So, like, like, Pokemon X and Y are easy. Like, I found myself ahead of the level curve the entire game. My Blaziken is, like, ten levels ahead of everyone, and I never even start him first. He's just, like, yeah. sucks up all the XP. Yep. So, like, I'm, I'm always, like, level, like, five or six levels ahead of even the, the gym leaders. So, but in Pokemon Red, you start behind and you stay behind. <laughs> Unless you spend, like, an hour getting everyone leveled up. Or you apparently pick Bulbasaur. So what happens is I picked Charmander because that's what I started with back in the day. And I actually remembered, as soon as I got to the gym leader Brock, I remembered why I had so much trouble with him back in the day. And I, at the time, at the time I thought it was just me. I thought I was bad. But what Brock has is a Geodude who is a rock type, okay? And it has, like, Harden and some other bullshit move that it uses to attack. And then it has he has an Onyx with Bide. So the Geodude is just hard to kill. And he was, like, resistant to most normal types because he's rock type. So you just, like, it takes you a long time to kill it, and you are losing a lot of health the whole time. And then you get to Onyx with Bide, which is just broken. Like, with nothing but bugs to attack it with, it's bullshit. <laughs> and... I tried, I had a clever strategy. I had a Pokemon that could occasionally poison, and I had one that could occasionally burn. So my strategy was I was going to poison it, and then switch to Kakuna with Harden, who wouldn't take any damage, and so the poison would just kill them. And he has full heals, which you can't even buy. <laughs> Alright, and he just heals the burns, and heals the poison. He did it twice. I don't know if he just has infinite numbers of them, or... Oh, I'm, I, I am getting audibly angry. All right. You're getting audibly angry at what essentially is marketed as a game for children. <laughs> for children, yeah. And oh, So, all right. And so Bide with Onyx. Bide is a move where you do nothing for a couple turns, but then all of the damage you take, you deal back to whatever attacked you. Except doubles. Oh, really? Yeah, it's double. That's how Bide works. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so your little bugs and your normal damage dealing with tackle and whatnot, it, it's doing bide, and so you do like 5, 10 damage, whatever, and you're not going to kill it, which is the big thing during bide. You're supposed to do something super effective with high power, and you kill it before it can bide, charges up, and it deals the damage back to you. You can't do that, so you're always going to take like one full strength bide right in the face for all the damage that you mm. get. It's totally unfair. <laughs> With nothing but, like, Rattata and some bugs you find in the jungle. And, like, a Nidoran with horn poke, which isn't even effective. It's, like, not very effective. You get, like, two special moves, and none of them are effective. Mm. All right, so, but they're rock types, so if you pick Squirtle or Bulbasaur, you do super effective damage to them, and you can win pretty easily. But yeah, if you pick Charmander, which is which is what I did on my playthrough of it, it's yeah, yeah it's just I mean, the the way they handled your starter Pokémon in the original game was actually and they didn't tell you this, but it was either easy, normal, or hard mode. Bulbasaur right. was easy mode, Squirtle was normal mode, and Charmander was hard mode. Oh, wow. Because like yeah. they they didn't even they didn't even insinuate that, but you're right. No, that that's that's exactly what it ended up being because it mm-hmm. it's not even that like you can't even catch a grass or water type before the first gym. Like no matter how much you want right. to, it just it can't happen. They don't exist prior to the first gym. So either you choose it as your starter or you ha or you finish the first gym with a Charmeleon in your roster. Right. You have to like level up everything and it's very time consuming. Because, like, your level 2 worm can't really survive against, like, a level 3 Rattata. And you have, so you have to switch. Your Charmander sucks up all the XP because it's really good at killing everything because it's, like, level 12. So you have, like, a level 6, level 7 Rattata, and it's, like, a, a level 12 Geodude and a level 14 Onyx. It's crazy. So I got to Brock, and this happened, and I quit. <laughs> I was like, I'm not playing Red anymore. I have enough to do my review for the podcast, so that's what I'm doing. Well, you have enough memories to use, right? Oh yeah, I have, and this this did refresh a lot of my memories because before I got to Brock and discovered that I had screwed myself with my starter selection, I was really enjoying it. Like being thrown into a jungle with nothing but a Charmander on your side—that's cool. Like, you feel like a badass, like, killing stuff, and, like, you get you get flare and it sh- ember, and it does damage, it burns, and it's neat. Yeah. And the graphics are, like, just barely enough to sell it. They actually have a lot of cool animations, like, all the moves have an animation that happens on the screen, and it's neat. The art is actually really charming. It's, like, not the sophisticated... 2D art that they have nowadays, but it was like pencil drawings, kind of. Like a, a, a just a drawing like you'd find in a Dungeons & Dragons monster manual. You know, I, I never thought of it that way, but yeah, like, now now that you say it, it, it is really evocative. That's a, that's a cool perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, and the art is good. Like, like, you can tell you see a Rattata, and you're like, yeah, I know what that is. And then when something evolves, it's exciting. Like, Especially thinking back to how it was when I was that age, it was like, so exciting. Like, you find a new evolution, like, there's a Magikarp 
Everybody knows Magikarp. Yeah. It's a it's a worthless Pokemon. It has Splash, which does nothing. So you Splash, and you have to level up your Magikarp to level 20, and it turns into Jardos. And so I remember being like, hey guys, have you tried leveling up Magikarp? It turns into Jardos as a dragon, and it's fucking awesome! And you just wreck everything with Jardos. That's something I'm... I'm trying to recreate with X and Y. Um, not not yeah. even recreate for myself necessarily because I, I didn't. I don't have anything to recreate. I'm actually creating it. But like a lot of you guys that are more experienced, particularly in that online Facebook chat that everyone in the Popular Outcast is doing, is all this stuff that they're getting from the internet and they're getting from the strategy guides and they're getting from this and that. It almost feels unfair. Like, it almost feels like you're, you're ruining the magic in a way. So, for me, like, okay, if I, maybe I'll find out some of this cool stuff. But a lot of it, like, when some of my Pokemon evolve for the first time and I didn't know they were going to evolve, yeah. I get a little boner. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I had that. I thought my Fletchling was fully evolved. Uh-huh. Then it evolved again into Blaze Talon, and I was like, holy shit! Yeah. That is really cool, because Blaze Town is just awesome. And it happens to have a uh, flame body, which is good for breeding. Ooh. But not good for the act of breeding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the joke I was going to make. I was just waiting for my moment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I feel like it, it might put me slightly behind when it goes to battling, when, when things start to get competitive once I've really finished the meat of the actual game that Nintendo has made, but... At the same time, yeah. that there is something to be said for the magic of the game and the heart of the game and, and the discovery of everything. Where if I just go online yeah. and read about it and then, re- and then do it, just follow the three steps to do this, I don't know. It doesn't feel the same. One thing I've discovered from my attempts to get competitive is that you'll come up with an idea and you'll be like, wow, this move is really strong. And I think it would be really strong on this type of Pokemon. So you're like, I want this, this, and this. And you do a search on Bulba Garden, and you discover that there's only one Pokemon in the entire game that can do that. And in order to do it, you have to breed two together, and they both have to have a special move that you can only learn with a TM. So you're like, oh my god! And you don't even know if your idea is good or not. Uh (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> From that perspective, like even looking at a guide, never reach the depths that this game can go. Yeah, you never find the bottom. I I totally retract any and all statements I've ever made about this series being for children. Like, I I, I get <laughs> it is though. I get that the story is, and maybe even the target audience, the marketing, and everything. But like. Playing through this game at first, I was like, oh, the story's kind of dumb, the dialogue's pretty stupid, all the characters are, like, young. But then I started thinking about it, like, wait a minute, how is this game really different from Dragon Warrior on the NES? How is this game really different from my favorite game of all time, Final Fantasy VI? Like, Final Fantasy VI is darker, but it's not like Pokemon is any less... It, it like of a game. It's 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 more deep probably than Final Fantasy VI. I want to get back to Pokemon Red. So speaking of storytelling, I found the story in X and Y not to be interesting. Like you guys said, I agree with you. I've been motivated to play through it because 
I want to trade in all of my Pokemon from White 2. And I don't think you can do that until you beat, like, the Elite 4. You can't do it until they enact the Pokemon Bank on December 27th. On December 27th? Yeah. Alright. Oh, wow. So, whenever. That's my motivation for playing through. Um, but, when playing Pokemon Red, I found that they use their limited resources to do storytelling in really neat ways. Like, very early on, in, like, the first town, you find, like, a museum, and it's like, there was a, a rock that fell. It's like a moon rock. Nobody knows what it is. It's neat, and there's a clee fairy who might be related to the moon rock. <laughs> and so you're like, hey, this moon rock thing, I can get behind that, and I want a clee fairy because I want all of them. Yeah. <laughs> there are only 150 in Pokemon Red. So you could really get a hard-on for getting every single one of them. Like, it was possible. Yeah. yeah, that was the only game in the series where I actually made that attempt, because even though 150 yeah. is, is still a lot, like, it wasn't completely overwhelming yet. Right. Like, you could find five in each area or so. And, and you know, if you get a friend who has the game, too, like, there's a shot. You have a shot at it. It's hard. You have to work. But you can do it. I was only three away from succeeding. Yeah. So... Like, you just want a Cleafery, and you hear about it, and you're like, ooh, Moonrock, yeah, I want to do that. And you find a sign that's like, there's a problem in a cave. Somebody wants you to come help with the cave. And you're like, yeah, I can do that. I have Charmander. <laughs> He's a beast. <laughs> and so, I'm being silly today. I don't know, it must be in a good mood. I like it. Um, <laughs> so the game, like, it had a really compelling, like, quest sort of system, even though it was just, like, signs, if you read the signs, like, you find these little things, and you're like, this is neat, I can't wait to go out and get more Pokemon, and also find this, like, rock stuff that they're talking about. And so I was really interested in beating Brock and moving on, but no. Onyx uses Bide. Your Pidgey fainted, naturally. And so I had to quit. Well, can I tell you how that cave story ends? Sure. Kevin remembers the whole game. So. I, I do. All right. So you go in there with your Charmander <laughs> and your entourage of bugs, and almost immediately you get lost. Then you get swarmed by Zubats. Then you run out of power points for all of your moves, and you die alone yeah. in a cave. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Because <laughs> Part of me wishes, though, that X and Y had sort of a middle ground of that difficulty. Because it was just way too easy to blaze through the the main quest of X yeah. and Y. Like I wanted the only challenge is I don't even know finishing the post game content. I don't know battling friends. No man, you don't you don't you don't want this. You don't want this. Like they <laughs> no, first of really all, don't. they make you waste one of your move slots with Flash, <laughs> so you can even see in this fucking cave oh, in the yeah. first place. And then so you know that's. That's one move on one of your Pokemon that is completely worthless. Uh-huh. And then you, they just have a million Zubats, and every so often they'll send a Geodude after you, who you have nothing that can even, like, like you are not ready for what a Geodude is if you chose Charmander. Because they, it's, it's not that it's a rock type, it's a type 1 rock, type 2 ground, which means fire does one quarter damage, and physical attacks do jack shit. And, like, you got your st- Stupid bugs in there who are all weak to rock, and you got your fire that's weak to rock, and basically you just are a child who's being manhandled by these rock Pokemon as you aimlessly wander these corridors of this cave, and you die of starvation. (laughs) And then... 
after like three times of dying in the fucking cave, you go to Cerulean City, where it's the water gem, and oh hey, your strongest Pokemon is still fire. And Pikachu, who you've caught, you know, he, he takes, like, maybe one or two of the guys out, but he has no defense. So you get him, you know, one-shotted or two-shotted by the gym leader, and then you're shit out of luck again. You got Weedle. You got Weedle <laughs> saving the day, except he doesn't. He dies like the rest. So... This game that Kevin is describing so eloquently is like, it gripped my imagination as a 16-year-old, and I remember I beat it. I got to the final four, like it was ain't no thing. I tolerated all that, and I was proud of myself. Pokemon has come a long way, and I think X and Y, they chose this sort of easy mode to get all the people that they can. Yeah. Just like, it's a new generation. Gotta catch them all. So... They wanted to sort of reboot, I think, the flavor of the franchise to be more inclusive. Yeah. Because Pokemon Red, it was it was about it was a harsh it was a harsh world full of dangers. <laughs> and uh That world was terrifying. You had to conquer them. <laughs> it was terrifying. I was surprised by that. And then your rival is just a He's a real asshole, and he always gets to where you are first. Like, he's always there first, because he shows up, and he wants to fight, and you have no choice about it. And all his Pokemon are higher level than you. And he is a perfectly balanced team. Like, did you ever get to him at the very end of the game? Yeah, I remember. He has something for everything. You've already gone through the entire Elite Four at this point. You know, you fought the four (laughs) toughest Pokemon trainers in the entire world, as far as this game is concerned. You know, you 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 finally yeah. power through them, including the final guy who is a dragon type master. Who at this point, like you know, they've introduced fairy types, which means dragon types are you know they're just another type of Pokemon. But at this point in the game, yeah. like at this point in the series, they were invincible. Ooh, like those dragon right. types, they were you know they didn't think twice about just one shotting you with hyper beam. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like they would just you know they would bend you over and they would give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, there was just nothing you could do about it. Like, I remember winning that fight with my Graveler, the the evolution of Geodude. And I would, like, I just, you know, I would do a move and deal a little bit of damage. And then I would get hit. And I would use a Hyper Potion to restore his hit points. And yeah. I would do another move, get hit again. And, like, it was just this long, tedious process of just, you know using items combined with just slowly chipping away at these dragons, and I finally got through them, and then they're like, congratulations, you beat the final guy of the Elite Four, but somebody already did it first. Now you have to kill him, too. (laughs) And you're like, oh, and it's your rival. Oh, and all of his Pokemon have something that counters every one of your Pokemon. I just want to go back to Brock in the first gym, because I have to tell you that part of the reason that this game was so hard was because the AI was complete trash. (laughs) Like, they just had broken Pokemon so that they could be a challenge because they had no AI. So, I beat Geodude with something, and I had a few Pokemon left, alright? And I so I blew them on Onyx to get them to, like, half health. And I... This is my first attempt. I was just like, eh, I think I'll try Brock. I have level sixes. Maybe I'll able to wear them down with numbers, because six versus two is bad. I get Onyx down to, like, a third of his health, and I have nothing left except Kakuna. And this is a legit Kakuna, 
No, it was a Metapod. It was a Metapod, which had Harden. Nothing but Harden. But this Onyx kept using Bide. So it would Bide, and I would Harden, and I would Harden, and it would do no damage to me. And so I was like, wait, if I burn through, and my, 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 the Onyx couldn't, even with, like, Tackle or whatever it was using for a basic attack, it wasn't doing much damage to my, my Metapod. So I was like, wait, if I burn through all of my PP on Harden, I'll get Struggle, and I'll be able to do damage to it. So I did. And it would Bide, which does no damage, and I would hit it for one. It did one damage to me. I would hit it for one. It did one damage to me. He would Bide and do, like, three damage to me. And I I had him down to two hit points. And I had one hit point. I nearly beat the first gym with nothing but a Metapod <laughs> Arden. <laughs> I, was, I was simultaneously proud and miserable. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Pokemon Red is a great game, like I said, with the, just the art, and the mechanics are fascinating. And uh, I didn't finish it this time. It beat me. It's weird. You can't get these games, any of the old Pokemon games, on the virtual console. No, that's true, be, be, because they released uh, updates. So they put out, I think in the third generation, they put out Fire Red and Leaf Green. Mm-hmm. And that was a reboot of Red and Blue. So it was basically the same district, the same characters, and the same, like, Pokemon list. So you could get those old um, legendaries and stuff Mm -hmm. on a new generation. So those are, like, Game Boy Advance games, and they don't have any of those on the Virtual Console. It also added in the ability to do breeding and some of the other things from the newer generations. Yeah, right. Like the new features, which is great, because that's what makes... That's what makes Pokemon so deep, the breeding and all that. And natures. I don't think I don't think they had natures in red and blue. Yeah. And also there's this weird thing where if they put them out on the virtual console, you'd want a way to import your Pokemon to a new game, so they, they probably have something cooking with that. I hope so. Because controlling controlling the availability of Pokemon powers and stuff is a big part of the scarcity component of the collecting. Like, collecting all the legendaries is, is a big deal. You have to be vigilant. Red had some really great legendaries, like Mewtwo. He was pretty boss. And Mew. Mew was like the Pokemon you couldn't get. Mew, Mew was actually Pokemon number 151. Oh. Of the original 150. It was only distributed by an event. So, like, if you went to a Pokemon event, you could get Mew by Link Cable. What? They're going to do that again, though. You know they are. With X and Y. Oh yeah, Mewtwo is actually Mewtwo is in X and Y. He has a Mega Evolution. I just mean like you're gonna have to go places to get special Pokemon. Well, you got all the the Generation One legendaries. You get three of them. They had an event back in um, leading up to X and Y. That was for Black and White too. It was it was um, leading up to X and Y, so it was like last month, mm-hmm. last couple months. I got all those, but they're in white too, so I don't know how to get them. I want them. <laughs> I want my ditto. I don't think you can breed legendaries, can you? No, you can't. No, they're not breedable. Again, scarcity. A lot of people have like played the game multiple times on like a second DS and then imported legendaries by the truckload, so you can always find somebody who's like, oh, I have a perfect sassy... Genesect to trade. I just can't imagine playing a Pokemon game that many times. 
Oh man, people do it. I know they do it. I'm saying I can't. I can't put myself in that mindset that would cause me to do that. Hmm. If you want to, if you want to be competitive in any sense of the word with Pokemon, you have to put in an incredible amount of time. Because there's this thing called IVs, which are inherent values that boost your Pokemon stats. And every Pokemon has, like, one random number between, like, 0 and 31 for each one of their stats. And the actual stat numbers that you see are, like, multiples of base stats plus IVs plus EVs multiplied out to a number. It's like a, a special formula that calculates into the actual number you see. So when you get plus 2 on a level up, that's actually just an abstraction of these base stats that your Pokemon has invisibly. Uh, yeah, it just hurts my brain. It just hurts my brain. If I wanted to do math, I'd buy Brain Age. <laughs> I have Brain Age. I'll let you borrow it. <laughs> I didn't say I wanted to do math. <laughs> so then there are effort values. Effort values you get by defeating other Pokemon. And even these mechanics were in Pokemon Red. Pokemon Red told you absolutely nothing about the game at all. You couldn't see the power of the moves or even what they did. Wow. So when you learned a new move, you just had to assume that it was better than your old move. Like, it didn't tell you. It could be like, blows you up. And you would just have to learn that by playing. <laughs> <laughs> or buying the guide, I guess. Yeah. They probably sold a boatload of guides for Red and Blue. Well, what's your review score for Red and Blue? I haven't heard you say a review score for either oh, yeah. game, actually, this episode. I haven't. I haven't. My um, my review score for Pokemon Y is six Pokeballs out of six. Wow. Six Poke Pokemon-filled Pokeballs out of six. Because that's how many you carry in your belt. <laughs> Wish I had a real belt full of Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon Pokemon Red gets zero. It gets nothing. Wow. <laughs> it gets one... It gets a goose egg. One Pokemon egg doesn't even have a Pokeball. That's not fair. It is fair. That game is broken. I can test that score. <laughs> you are welcome to. But no, it was. It has good qualities, but it's just like... I guess, alright, I'll give it one Pokemon egg, a goose egg, if you pick Charmander. And like a three out of four if you pick Bulbasaur. One, one Pokeball per difficulty level. <laughs> alright, well... I guess that wraps it up then. Our big Pokemon episode. I'm about Pokemon out, <laughs> except, well, that's not true because right after this podcast, I'm going to go play more Pokemon. Oh, yeah. I have to get back to uh, Wonder Trading. I've been resisting the urge to um, play like while I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> have we gotten any cool Wonder Trades yet? No, I stopped doing it so I could focus on my Pokemon Red review. Yeah. Oh. All right, well, you know where to reach us, people. PortablePower.PopularOutcast.com Don't forget to use that Amazon banner to do some shopping, throw some money our way, as long as you clear your cookies. When you pick up your copy of Pokemon, use the Amazon link. Right. And hit us up, Twitter, at PortablePowerFM, one word. We're, we've been posting a lot lately on there, so it's been fun to fun to read people's responses. And then Facebook.com slash Portable Power Podcasts. We only need one more like, and then I can start tracking our stats. That's fun. Please like us. Yeah, and <laughs> iTunes, too. If, if, you, if you're if you using iTunes to find us instead of the Portable Power uh, popular podcast website, 
Um, make sure to give us some stars and a little review because that helps us out and gets us noticed. It'll it'll help us in the long run. If you happen to be my parents, who I told to listen to this episode, I apologize for the vulgarity. Penis, vagina, booger, butthole. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as we said earlier in this episode, if you want to shoot us an email, we'll answer it on the show. Um, portablepowerpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. All right, until next time, December 1st, uh, we have stuff coming. It's still in the works. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. There'll be a mid-November episode. Who are we kidding? But... There will be. We're, It'll happen. It's all still in the planning stages because we want to give good reviews, and that means um, having time to play the games that we want to review. So, right. Whatever happens, happens. Just yeah. uh, subscribe to us and um, make sure you never miss an episode, and you'll find out what's what's coming up soon. Thanks for listening. Yeah. yeah thanks for joining us again, and uh, everyone uh, have a great night. Adios. PPP in motion. This is Mark, and uh, it is October 11th, 10.05 p.m. I am headed to my local GameStop where I have Pokemon X pre-ordered, and I'm going to go wait in line for two hours and see how that goes. Um, I have never played a Pokemon game in my life, save for a few moments at the beginning of Red or Blue, uh, back when it was brand new and I was in high school. Um, I don't really know why I'm getting the game. I guess it looks fun. I've always been interested in Pokemon a little bit. You know, there's some really good artwork, character designs. Um, I love RPGs. I guess I always felt that Pokemon was sort of a light RPG, RPG for children. So I don't know. This should be an interesting experience. I, I'm a Pokemon virgin. And for whatever reason, I feel like my first game, I should go wait in line with my brethren, I suppose you could call them, in anticipation. Um, yeah, Jeff, this is really hard to just keep talking as I'm driving. Uh, my wife was a little weirded out that I was doing this. Um, I've never shown interest in Pokemon before in the 10 years that I've known her. Um, okay, yeah, so that was my wife calling me, and that's why the 
recording got interrupted. Uh, yeah, she was really weird about me leaving at 10 o'clock at night to go hang out with uh, what is potentially going to be a group of children and lying in wait for the next big Pokemon game. Um, I admit I feel a little weird about it myself. Uh, Kevin Emerson and I were very briefly brainstorming the most inappropriate things I could do in line surrounded by children and their parents. Um, how can I creep the kids out the most? How can I make the parents as uncomfortable as possible? And there was mention of me shaving off my beard and just leaving the mustache. I, I mentioned, in addition to that, wearing a, you know, a knit Pikachu hat and being incredibly bubbly. I don't know. I guess I think me just being there is a man in his 30s buying the game for himself is pretty strange without any of that. So yeah, this should be fun. I had to bribe my wife with ice cream and an episode of Top Model just so I could feel a little bit better about abandoning her. During the little bit of time we get during the day to hang out with each other, you know, we, I work, she works a little bit, but I work every day, come home, and there's always stuff to do, whether chores or whatnot, and she's always busy cleaning or our other projects, she's working on a children's book right now, and, you know, of course we have a baby, and, you know, we don't get a lot of time with each other tonight, I'm cutting that in half, just by going out to purchase Pokemon. Okay, so I am here at GameStop. There is a line. I did not expect this. I don't I don't live in a super populated town, but it is California, so it's all relative, I guess. Uh, I'm going to put my hood up so no one suspects that I'm being a weirdo. Yeah, there's got to be like 50 kids in line here for the game. That is insane. I do see a lot of a lot of weird looking kids. Two, three, four, six, seventy-nine, ten, twelve. Oh, maybe thirty. Thirty kids. Some guy's playing football in a slip shirt. Oh my god. Oh no. No. Another guy with a beard definitely makes me feel good. This guy looks almost exactly like Bill Russell. Is that a hat? Yeah. What did they they handed out Pokemon hats to everybody? Or? Pretty much. Um, did you already go in and get your sticker and receipts? Oh no. You have to go in and pay for it because then you can come back and you get it because they just hand it out to whoever has it. Oh, I so see. Go inside or not? Okay, cool. Apparently, I have to go inside and finish paying off my order to get a sticker and a receipt. Oh, there are more people inside. Like 20 more people inside. This is insane. Well, I'm not the oldest person here, but I'm definitely not the youngest either. Average age is probably around 20. No kids, no little kids to be seen. Smells really bad in here. 
Like literally smells like my dick's on it. Hey, you remember, you remember that little speech no one gave about Green Arrow? Let's see how many street passes I have. <laughs> 10 street pass tags. 11 street pass tags. Damn. They just keep coming. Congratulations, you met five male me characters in a row. Take my ten characters in the puzzle swap. Get that pink. Really a plush little Pokemon for sale. That's adorable. Just getting street passes left and right. Hi. I am paying off my pre-order. Excellent. And what's the phone number you're under? Area code is... Pokemon X. Yeah. Excellent. So $2.99 to finish that off. $2.99. Sounds good. So whenever you're ready. Uh, oh. The hats are pre-orders. They are pre-orders. Yeah, the hats and posters are pre-orders. So this can happen several times. You're going to have to agree to the terms. Basically, once the code prints, it is your responsibility. And who is your starter? Oh, uh, can I say Charmander? <laughs> Of the three new ones. Okay. Uh, oh, I don't know. I like that frog. That looks cool. Yeah. You want us to wear these? If you can. Okay. That's okay. All right. Silly little hat here. Look for some rare weavings while I'm in here. Little kids trying to buy Grand Theft Auto. That's attractive. Got my uh, Froki hat here. Everybody outside starting to put them on. Oh, here come some kids. Little, little kids. Guess, get my street passes. <laughs> I got 15 by the time I got in the door and back out, so. Street passes. Finish my Star Fox puzzle. So many street passes. The vibrations from these caves are making my nipples lactate. <laughs> Who's thirsty? I know I am. And I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. Did you have one small one? What did you say? You don't record it. No! I would love to know. We were talking about lactating nipples. Oh, that's hot. No, lactating man nipples. Pay attention. Maybe they're just manly lactating It's from a Pokemon the Abridged series. Manly lactating nipples. Uh, basically, when my oh, body hit the water, my no, when I hit the go. water, my entire body shattered in millions of pieces. I went to hell, and I bred Satan. You bred Satan? I told you, I can breed anything. They kicked, um, and I guess Satan doesn't like sharing the power with another Satan, so they kicked me out in case I was going to breed another one. I was. It's awesome. Like, okay. Uh, hey everyone from Max, I made us all hot dogs! Yay! Aw, oh, it looks like it's dirt again for me. Don't worry, Max, you can have some of my special Pokemon food. Yay! Far away in the woods. What? Leave, Max! 
Smell you later. Shut up, you asshole. Rape your family. Back in my day, we powered Pokédexes with husks of corn. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. Back in Oak's day, the Pokéballs were canteens. Yeah. yeah. Let me pull it up. I just freaked out the person that had been playing Space Hey! You! Battle! 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 For the badge! 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 Battle! 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 Just badge! Uh, oh my god, a baby. Everyone make room. Baby on board. That baby's going to be the best gamer ever. <laughs> Pokemon X and Y, bro. Why the bro? But that's not true. Real Pokemon fan starts at ready. Uh, I actually started with Fire. Ready, fail. I don't fail. I wasn't fail. old enough. I was like, dude, I'm like 16. Right, I know all you guys oh. got stickers on your receipts because I've asked you like 10 times. Well, what you do is that you shut up and then you realize that we have like 31 minutes until those doors open and we can get X and Y. Fuss, row, dog. 28 more minutes. All I've been doing is doing street passes. It's like all I've been doing this entire time. Yeah, I just grew a birthday cake in the gardening game. You got a birthday cake? Yeah. Did you get all of them? Uh, I just, my 20th seed, I just, I just I grew just, it. I just got the, um, I just finally got my first rare one. Mm. Was that from you? Yeah, I got the first rare one from you. But it's really funny because uh, right after that, the Ooh, next seed I got beautiful. was a seed that was, that only can turn into that. Nice. <laughs> I'm still like, really? <laughs> So it looks like I was like number 50 in a line of like 200 people. It's freaking insane. Got about 30 street passes. And I got my copy of X and I got my Froakie visor. Completely ridiculous. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go home and go to bed now. I'm gonna play this shit. Um, Maybe I'll drive by these kids, try to get a couple more street passes off of them. Man, that line keeps going. It's wrapped around the store like twice. Nintendo, you are welcome for all of the money.